This episode is sponsored by Patricia Asp of Aspire. Does your company culture have what it takes to last? After the upheaval of the pandemic, many companies and organizations are struggling to adapt to new regulations, new workflows, and new workplace culture. After witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies during mergers, acquisitions, and rapid growth, Patricia Asp, a forward board member and principal, launched Aspire, an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. If you're interested in conducting a culture sustainability assessment, go to patriciaasp.com slash contact dash us. Make 2023 the year your company soars. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. In our last episode, you met Kaylin Mayhew, president of Merit Financial Advisors. Kaylin laid out the foundation of financial planning and how personalized the definition of financial planning is to each of us. We also talked about the importance of joyful generosity and how it is part of God's calling to us as Christians. In this episode, Kaylin and I talk about why financial planning can be uncomfortable, which can also lead to some mistakes or missteps when approaching your finances as a professional woman. Kaylin also shares her financial planning top win and biggest mistake and offers advice on how to start financial planning, no matter where you are in life. Let's jump back into our conversation with Kaylin. What are some of the top uh, mistakes <laughs> that women make when approaching financial planning? Well, um, I would say I'd break it up into a couple different categories. The okay. first one I would say has to do with the role that I think that we're called to play, which is Mm -hmm. the protector, the mother, the um, nurturer, um, the planner. Um, Sometimes those wonderful attributes that I, again, I'm generalizing, but that most females have will actually prevent us from taking um, leaps of faith and um, making big decisions like a career change as an example, or accepting a promotion um, or asking the hard questions at work as far as, hey, why wasn't I considered for these things? All of those things come into the financial picture because they're related to opportunity and they're related to work. And I know Forward has such a passion around the um, career Christian women. And I, when I look at financial planning, um, sometimes it can also be on the other side of this. It's the lack of planning. It's the lack of Mm -hmm. attention because I mean, like I look at myself right now. So I've got a lot of kids. I've got three still at home, two in college. Um, I've got a, um, aging parent that Mm -hmm. I'm a full-time caregiver for. And when you, and I'm, responsible for helping run a company that's growing mm-hmm. like crazy. And so you, you throw all of those things into the mix. And I, and I find so many of the um, ladies in my um, wonderful circle in this same boat. And mm-hmm. so much of the time, there's not 
um, there's not the focus or the priority on financial planning and the finances. It's something that we'll get to, we'll get to. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're 50 years old and you haven't put any prioritization on the planning and you've got some goals and you want to be financially independent by a certain age, or you've got a situation that comes up that you didn't plan for. So I, I think that it's over planning on some and not taking advantage of the opportunities that might be there because you're overthinking the risk. And then mm-hmm. there's the other side of under planning and just not making it a priority. Is it possible to get too much input when you're going through the financial planning process? That's a really good question. And um, I would say, yes, there absolutely mm-hmm. is. You're going to get conflicting information on mm-hmm. almost anything you uh, seek. I mean, think about like buying a car. If you're right. if you're going to go to <laughs> multiple car dealerships, every dealership's going to tell you their brand and their cars are the best, and here's why. On the financial planning, um, doctors, same thing. You're going to get different opinions on how to um, age best and and what to do at certain stages. Um, So I would say on financial planning, you really need to decide what aligns most with your philosophy and get behind one. It's really hard to have multiple quarterbacks on a team. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to have, you know, all kinds of coaches in life. You really want to find someone that you can get behind. And, um, and that doesn't mean when you're trying to find that right fit that you don't want to talk to several different, um, folks and, and look at several different organizations. I just think that, there is a time that you just, you you have to decide, I am going to follow the advice of this one individual because it can drive you crazy or put you in a um, paralysis of analysis to where then Mm -hmm. you do nothing. And that doesn't do you any good at all. Yeah. Well, and another, I guess, branch of that same kind of train of thought is, you know, when you and your spouse or your partner are going through this process, you know, let's say maybe you don't see eye to eye on your financial goals. How can you work past that? So we, we've got a tool that I have found to be a really, really great um, diagnostic test. And mm-hmm. it's a behavioral DNA tool that takes different things like um, how much detail are you going to want and and to be involved in the process? Um, Risk management, as far as are you a risk taker? Are you conservative? Um, Even communication. Um, So it has all of these different um, mechanisms that will tell you, and it charts it beautifully. You've got one side that's an extreme over here. You've got another side of extreme over here. And it will actually overlap the, um, the couple. I use this with my team. I have found when you have conflict, it's typically because you're too different, meaning that you're on one extreme or the other, or you're too similar, which sounds yeah. so funny. But if you have two people that really like to be in control, for example, mm-hmm. and that are constantly, yeah. you know, um, fighting for that control, there's going to be some conflict that comes out of that. And so 
awareness is one of the most valuable tools that you can give yourself in a marriage and even take that into any type of partnership, like a business partnership, for example. Yeah. Is there ever a bad way or mindset in which you can approach your finances and planning out your financial future? A bad way. Um, let me think through of some of what I've seen. Yeah. I, I would say, um, yes, there, there, there absolutely yeah. is. Um, I think that it's like everything in life where you need mm-hmm. to be looking at things differently as you mature through life. Um, for example, decisions that you would make in your twenties, let's say it's someone that's buying their first house. They, they may, they, they know that their income is going to be going up. They've got the, the, the career path that's going well. Maybe they stretch themselves to get into that house that they really Mm -hmm. can just barely afford right now because they want to be in that house for the next 15, 20 years. And so that makes a whole lot of financial sense in your twenties to do that. When you have someone that's in their sixties, that's trying to do that same thing that really should be looking at what's reasonable, um, what can I afford, what's prudent at this time. Um, so th- that's that goes along, and I'm using the house example. It can be yeah. how your portfolio is allocated. Mm-hmm. We had a business owner one time that sold his, his business, and I can mm-hmm. remember meeting with he and his wife And they were coming in for financial planning advice. One of their neighbors had recommended that they talk to us. And he seemed to be very open to, okay, everything that they had had was in this business and they had put it Mm -hmm. back in the business. And so now they were in their early sixties and they had been wildly successful at this company. And, and, and I was so happy for them. Um, Mm -hmm. we went through some financial planning. We made some recommendations on what they should do, um, with the proceeds, what we thought that they should do with the proceeds. And I can remember getting a phone call and I could tell that there was some tension in this financial Mm -hmm. planning delivery meeting that we were having. And I could tell there was some, um, there was just some tension between husband and wife. Well, Mm -hmm. the husband couldn't get out of the, um, I'm going to call it like the addiction, the, the, the fun, yeah. um, that, that, that high that he was getting from that thrill of just the, the company and everything that he had being in that. And he went and he decided to put it all into this real estate project because, and he knew nothing about real estate. Keep in mind, this oh, had not no. been his business. <laughs> well, the timing of it was horrific. The mm-hmm. um, particular real estate market that they had gone into um, suffered greatly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the complete end of the story, but I have to imagine that most of their, their finances were, they, they were starting over and they were starting over in their mid sixties at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that we can, if you were in your twenties and you had another 40 years to give, it's like, go for it, let it ride, you know, have fun with that. But I think that it's just adjusting along the way at what phase of life that you're at and adjusting your strategy accordingly. And 
he at least was smart to bring in an advisor, you know, some third party that wasn't going to have that emotional um, response and would be able to, to talk to them. Um, Mm -hmm. But you also have to take that person's advice. Yeah. (laughs) You're meeting with them for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you know, you were talking about, you know, he, the addiction and it was fun and that just kind of sparked in my mind, you know, something that, I mean, personally I've thought about, and I know I have friends, you know, that are in my age group that have thought about this too. You know, we think about financial planning and it's like, oh man, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to have any fun. So, I mean, how true is that? Like, are we, are we, just making that up in our minds or, you know, is this really part of the financial planning process where it's like, okay, fun will come later. You know, you got to put in the hard work now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a constant compromise to where I, and I see folks, um, even at my stage that aren't enjoying life Mm -hmm. and that aren't doing some of the things like experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, a, compromise, at least for, for me and my husband, we've had a lot of conversations around, um, things. Um, I Mm -hmm. can't remember a thing that I've ever had that gave me true enjoyment. Um, Mm -hmm. whether that be a new car or, um, you know, some big screen TV, I'm not a TV watcher Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever the latest technology gadget is, um, all of those things. So I do feel like people get caught up in things and thinking Mm -hmm. that that short term high or happiness is going to last. Um, and it can get people in financial trouble. I will say Mm -hmm. I have spent quite a bit of money over the years probably looking back even before I should have spent that kind of money on experiences and Mm -hmm. travel and seeing the world and Mm -hmm. um, being generous in situations where I'm like, oh, you know, I've got this number in my head. I think it's from God. I'm supposed to write this check for this number. And I'm not really sure Uh, why? And this is going to take out of my ability to save or take out of the ability for that. So I think it's, it's, it's a compromise and, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's finding those things and, and living life and talking to others around, don't, don't stretch yourself getting in the fancy car that you really can't afford. Um, if you want to stretch yourself, stretch yourself by, um, serving others and, and, Mm -hmm. and being generous or providing that experience for your family or an extended group of friends. Um, so that, that, that would be where I would say, no, it's not all about not having fun. It is about having someone that can do that check with you to say, "Mm, Mm -hmm. do you, do you really need that boat right now? You know, what do they say? The best day and the, uh, the best two yeah. days of the boat are the day you get it and the day you sell it. And yes. so I, I think it helps to have those, um, those wise people in your life, whether that be tax advisors, attorneys, financial advisors, a good friend that you lean on, that you're talking mm-hmm. to through these strategies. I think that it just helps us be accountable. And those folks will ask us some questions, I hope, along the way that will stop us from making mistakes. Hmm. Well, I would love to hear from you. Uh, what is the biggest financial win that you've accomplished in your life? And then on the flip side, what is the biggest financial regret that you have? Oh, interesting. Okay. So, um, so on the win side, I would have to say, um, 
it's around the um, serving others and mm-hmm. and really getting to a place where I feel like we can, and I say we, my family and I can can make a difference for the causes. Mm-hmm. And um, looking back on it, it started small and mm-hmm. it started hard um, it, where it was a sacrifice. I can remember when I had to stop um, getting my hair highlighted of all things, mm-hmm. because it was an expensive, yeah. um, journey. And we had decided to help a family stay in the house where they were. So their mm-hmm. kids, um, would have their own bedrooms cause it was two mm-hmm. teenagers. It was a neighbor situation. And we also gave up our housekeeper for that time period mm-hmm. and, and we're cleaning our own houses. And that's it. At the time it was, a, it was a hardship. So I think that for, for me personally, it is those sacrifices and being really deliberate about the sacrifices so we could answer the calling to help others. And it's given Mm -hmm. me true meaning and motivation for this phase of my life when I'm working because I want to work, not because I have to, because I've been prudent. I've, 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 I've saved. We've got the, we've got the healthy balance sheet at this point. It gives me that, um, uh, that drive to continue to help others um, reach that that same goal and and to help our team members and our newer um, advisors and newer um, uh, team members to 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 grow in their financial journey as well. Um, mm. The biggest mistake, um, gosh, you know, I, I think that it has to do. Um, there were a couple of times that I think I didn't stretch myself enough. Mm-hmm. For example, I gave the housing conversation. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking in the um, last conversation around housing. And when yeah. I talking to someone that's getting into their first house, that typically I'm okay with them stretching themselves because Mm -hmm. if they've got that career, that's going to increase their income and their ability to provide for their family, where it gets super costly is when people are constantly changing things. Like if you buy a house and then a couple years later, you're buying another house. And then a couple Mm -hmm. years later, you're buying another house. Well, what you're doing is you're paying real estate fees and you're paying Mm -hmm. commissions on doing that. Same thing with cars. When people, I, I, when people don't, if you, if you like to have new cars every couple of years, it's like lease them. Don't don't yeah. buy these because the only yeah. people that win in those situations are the car dealers because right. you're paying <laughs> every single time that you're turning that. So I would say I did experience some of that in my early um, years where I saw how costly it can be. Um, so just those large purchases, just getting yourself in a place where you can see staying there or, or, or driving that car for that time period, I think it really helps. Hmm. For someone who has never done any kind of financial planning before and would like to get started, what first steps would you recommend? There are so many great resources out there. I would say it depends upon the phase of life where you're at. Some people will come um, to us and they will have had um, a lot of financial means that they've just left on autopilot. Maybe it was a 
company that they worked for that they acquired a lot of stock in and that they just, or a 401k that they just left alone and it had been on autopilot. And now they have to make some decisions because they're changing careers or they're getting near retirement. I feel like that's when that full financial advisor is really, really appropriate. Um, if you have someone that say uh, is, um, has found themselves spending more than what they're making. They've mm -hmm. got debt and they don't know how to work through it. I know Dave Ramsey's program has been absolutely amazing for a number of folks that have either recently or it, maybe it was at the beginning of their marriage um, that they went through that discipline that Dave mm -hmm. Ramsey will outline as it relates to spending and savings and that plan people don't realize how much money they spend on things that are non-essential and that could easily mm -hmm. be replaced. It's like, make your coffee at home and save yeah. yourself $1,500 <laughs> a year. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. and it's probably more than that now. I haven't priced out yeah. the differential, but I can remember <laughs> the first time I saw this statistic and I said, wow, mm -hmm. you know, $1,500 a year is huge when you're starting out in life. Yeah. Um, so it's just little things along those lines. So I would say, find out where you you are, and then look to the people around you that have done this successfully. Um, that was a huge motivator for me. I became a student when I first got in this industry. It was an advantage because I was talking to people that had been really smart with money and they needed a financial advisor at the stage of life that they were at. So I was a student and I would ask questions. What did you do at this stage? And tell me about your real estate purchases. And how did you, how did you uh, get started in this career? And how did you get this much stock in the company that you're working with? And what kind of role did you start in? And so just become a sponge to the people around you that have really um, done this well. And I will say, don't judge a book by the cover though, because if this is the fancy house and the fancy car, a lot of those situations mean that they're overspending. <laughs> so it'd be close <laughs> enough to them to actually know that they truly have been good stewards of what mm. they've been entrusted with and, and have those deep conversations and find that mentor-mentee relationship. One thing that forward say, is so Get a money about. mentor. <laughs> well, yes. I, mentor, that, that's our, that's our uh, soft spot. We love that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's just as valuable as, you know, growing your career. Absolutely. Because, well, they go hand in hand. <laughs> if you grow your career, you're also going to grow your finances. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like any other thing that you would want to improve on in your career, you know, just kind of attack it from that point. And then I say attack, not in a very negative way, I promise, but you know, it's, you gotta be, you gotta be intentional. Intentional and have it be a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up this month's conversation, uh, I would love for you to just kind of think back and come up with one piece of advice or thought from everything that we've talked about that you really want people who are listening to come away from. I, I love looking at things as far as the, the positives and the possibilities. And I love mm -hmm. that piece of financial planning I think that that comes natural to almost everyone. 
There's the other side of the risk management that we didn't talk a whole lot about that I think is really, really important. And it's not the warm fuzzies about, oh, you know, dreaming about the the lake house or retiring on the beach or sending your kids off to these fantastic colleges. You know, all of those things are, are great. The, the what ifs and planning around that is so, so important. If you have means yourself, protecting those assets are critical. Um, mm-hmm. We live in a litigious society, unfortunately. It, it, and um, I, I've got a situation with a very close family member right now that was involved in a car accident. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a lawsuit involved. There was no mm-hmm. ill will, any bad intentions. It was just an accident. That's why they call them the yeah. traffic accidents. Came out of left field. And now we're, we're helping them go through a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And that asset protection piece, making sure that you've got good um, car insurance, that you've got an umbrella liability policy that's appropriate for the size, that's appropriate for your net worth. Um, mm-hmm. There's things that you can do um, to protect assets on account titlings and different types of trust. Um, it's not a fun thing to go through or talk about. So for those that are listening to this that have means, um, that whole asset protection is just super, super important. Um, For those that are starting out in life, it's thinking through your your family dynamics, your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I have an autistic um, uh, niece, my beautiful mm-hmm. niece. Um, she may need um, care much further than a typical, say, 22, 23-year-old getting mm-hmm. them through college. And, and, and the planning that's involved from that standpoint. And so... It's as, as you're um, young, it's thinking through those things that what if something does, what if something happens to me early and I get disabled and I'm not able to work or what mm-hmm. if the um, Mack truck comes out of nowhere? So I, I hate to end on the, the note of, of thinking <laughs> uh, not only about the great things, but also planning for the, the what ifs that could happen. But that mm-hmm. is the concert and the beauty of the um, financial planning world and working with an advisor that they can help you think through that and plan accordingly. Well, and as you mentioned multiple times, I mean, as Christians, we are stewards. We are called to steward well what we have been given. And so financial planning is a big part of that. And it's not always going to be fun, but it's always going to be essential. So true, Jordan. So true. What was your biggest takeaway from Kaylin's insights over the past two episodes? Let us know by leaving a review on your preferred listening platform or leave a comment when we share this episode on Forward social media. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D, W-O-M-E-N dot org slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave a review. Your review will help people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.